Howdy, good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como, elated to be here on this windy, blustery day. We have a pretty overcast sky here in Bryan College Station at the St. Mary's Catholic Center, where our KEDC 88.5 station is housed. Here with uh, Caleb this morning. How's it going? Hey, Judy. It's going great. Great. We also want to welcome our listeners over in the Waco, Central Texas area, listening on KYAR 98.3. Shout out to Deacon Robin over there. And also coming to you over there in the Texas Holy Land of Palestine, KINF 107.9. Welcome to a fabulous interview that my guest, Sister Kathleen Skog, a sister of Franciscan. Good morning, sister. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm very fine. I'm Thank really you. stepping you out of your comfort zone this morning, aren't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this well, is my first experience. Well, great. And it's going to be a good time. Um, sister, of course, is a sister, but she's also my friend. And we've been uh, in the same Bible study for a couple of years now. And it's <laughs> how we've got to know each other. And I asked her a week or so ago, would you come on and be my guest and tell us about your life and everywhere you've been from here to there and where you're going. So thank you so much and welcome to the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you. Great. Good deal. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Sister Kathleen Skog. And I have been a religious sister for 63 years. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for your ministry. (laughs) I don't know where those Jews have gone. They've gone very quickly. Of course, I've had good years and bad years. But um, I am a Franciscan, and our mother house is in Sylvania, Ohio, quite a distance from here. And... We were, we came, our sisters came to Texas because there was a very small article in the newspaper that um, Dr. Haskarl Sr. put in there because he had been with the sisters in Galveston and he liked how they ran the hospitals. Hmm. So he was looking for sisters to run the hospital. So they have... Sister want ads or something? Yeah. <laughs> and so our mother, Adley, who was um, our and leader said this at is that the, time. this is in the 30s, right? Yes, this was okay. in the 30s. She saw it. And so she came to Texas and looked around. And um, this was in Brenham area. And so she saw what she, she liked, what she saw. So she said, yes, we will come. And at that time... Uh, those that are from Brenham would know where this is. It was an academy, an old academy, and they made it into a hospital, and they called it St. Francis Hospital. And then in 19, I think it was 1954, is when they built St. Jude Hospital that was on Highway 36 going towards Somerville. So we built that, and then... <clears throat> We had two hospitals, a city hospital and uh, the religious hospital, Catholic hospital. And then we, um, the town began to realize 
<clears throat> that we were, um, you know, small. Was, and so they realized that the hospital was, um, both hospitals didn't have that many patients. Mm -hmm. So then there was discussion and they merged. Okay. And then it became Trinity, which was a Catholic hospital. And um, then after a while, um, there were issues with the church that we could not perform certain things at Trinity. So then it was sold to Scott and White. Oh. Yeah. And this, about what time period was that? Oh, that was about, <clears throat> I think it was 1980. Hmm. 89. Okay. 87, 88, 89. You know. So when did Sister Kathleen get inserted into this uh, part of it? Well, well I you came. need to tell uh, us a little bit about your childhood first. And oh, then. Okay. Our, our, your call. <laughs> okay. I can <laughs> do that. It's your story. You can tell yeah. it any way you want to. <laughs> so I grew up in what they call Columbia Heights, Minnesota. It was a suburb of Minneapolis. And. Um, I attended Immaculate Conception Catholic School from the 6th through the 8th grade. Previously, I went to public school, which was called Silver Lake School. <clears throat> and uh, then I knew this, got to know the sisters very well. And sometimes you wonder, you know, how does God call you? Or why did God, put it this way, why did God call you? And... Um, so I was influenced by the sisters. And then at the same time, uh, my mother had said to me, you know, there's a different life besides marriage when I was getting out of the eighth grade. And then I was reflecting on that, and I felt God was calling me to be a sister. So I entered very early. I was 14 when I entered. My goodness. So, so right out of the eighth grade, I entered the convent. And uh, there we had an academy. The sisters had an academy. So we went three years for, during the year and three summers, and then we graduated. And then we were, um, then we attended one year of college before we became novices. Those other years, we were postulants, getting prepared to become sisters. And then when um, we went into what we called the novitiate, and it was for two years. Mm -hmm. So the first year, we were really studying the rule and all of the aspects of St. Francis because um, he loved animals we know but he also loved the passion of christ and that's what he really wanted us to follow it's a great passion he had for the love of god and that's um so, beautiful. so we yes so we studied all of that when we were in the novitiate the first year and then the second year we went out to teach. And as I was sharing with you before, I went to um, a school in Detroit called St. Peter and Paul, and there were 1,200 students there. 
and there were so many students that we didn't have enough classrooms, so we had to have double sessions. Of course, kindergarten to the sixth grade. So in the morning, we had 50 children, <laughs> and then they went home. And then in the afternoon, we got a new 50 children. My goodness. But see, those were the days, too, when I think parents had more time with their children and the mothers didn't work as much as mm -hmm. they do now. So they were there to help us. So they really worked with the children on reading and math and so forth. So I think we were blessed. And I was blessed also having a partner who, um, teaching partner, mm -hmm. she taught uh, third grade, but I taught second. And there was another sister that she helped taught third and so she helped us a lot so she said well i'll i want you to come and observe me and a week later i'll come and see how you are doing and i will give you some hints okay so that that really helped me a lot and she was great didn't you say you were 19 yes i was about 19, 19 then we were very young and you said you were a, a novitiate at this point, yes, that far, okay, mm -hmm. but you were also teaching yes. while you were going to yeah, uh, yeah. formation, I mm -hmm. guess is what it's yes. called. Yes, and then also, um, we did not complete our college. So besides teaching, cleaning church, and um, all of that, we were also going to school to a college mm -hmm. near us. I went to, um, that was in Detroit. So all of that, I, you know, when I look back, <laughs> I say God was really with us and he gave us the grace to do what he wanted us to do. Absolutely. Because now when I look at it, I say, how did we ever do it? But again, it's by the grace of God. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll give that little background. <laughs> and then um, I want to go back to my family because um, <clears throat> I didn't come from a normal family. <laughs> Sister, what is a normal family? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, in the, that was in the 50s. Yes. So in the 50s, it was a little different than it is now mm -hmm. because I came from a very blended family. So my oldest brother and my oldest sister, their mother died when my sister was born. Mm. So then my father remarried. He married my mother. And then I had, I have another brother and me. And then, so that's the second family. And then I had a sister who's my dad's wife. Am I explaining it well mm -hmm. enough? Um, then she had a daughter. I see. So that's the third one. And then um, my dad and my stepmother had three of their own. Okay. So we're all together. Yours, mine, and ours. Yes. <laughs> now, the children... <clears throat> seemed to get along pretty good, you know. 
And I, when I was thinking this morning, I was thinking all of our, all of my brothers and sisters, I'm very proud of them because they kept on persevering and doing what they thought God was calling them to do. And a couple of them did service work. They were policemen. And uh, my one brother was in the Navy and they worked for Western Union. So we never gave up. We kept on saying, well, this is what God wants us to do. Oh. So, you know, and then my dad was not a Catholic. And all of all, the four oldest were not Catholic at that time either. But my dad said, I really think that all of us should belong to the same church. And even though he didn't become Catholic, he attended church with us. And actually, sometimes I felt he was the one to make sure that we got to church. Wonderful. And, you know, <laughs> and so the four oldest were baptized Lutheran. And at that time, they couldn't find our records. So then we had to be rebaptized. So we were all baptized Catholic. Oh. Yeah. And I feel that God surely wanted me to become a religious because despite all of this, um, I felt called to do that. And I, th I think the whole atmosphere of our house was, my dad was very Christian. And my mother was too, but my dad seemed to have more faith. You know, she was always worried about this and worried about that, you know. And um, I think, too, that what had happened to her was, you know, some in those days, some priests made you feel guilty, mm -hmm. very guilty. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad was trying to help her with that guilt. Interesting. Okay. Wonderful. So we have that's your little sister, Catherine. Uh -huh. <laughs> Kathleen. <laughs> and you've moved up into uh, talked about your. Mm -hmm. beginning of formation. You're in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And um, my, uh, my mother also had a sister that was a Dominican sister. Oh, okay. She was in, uh, from the order, Dominicans from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, so, she, you know, so the, the, I think I grew up in a Christian atmosphere. And... Uh, so those were the early days. And then in 1954 is when I entered the convent. And um, at that time, we had so many postulants. There were so many in the 50s and 60s that came to religious life that we were beginning to outgrow where we were. Wow. So they had to add on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, I mean... Yes, yeah, so uh, that was great. And uh, let's see what else. I, uh, so I entered the Sisters of St. Francis uh, called Our Lady of Lourdes in 1954. Did I repeat that? That's okay. Okay. We're good. All right. And then, um, so I taught children uh, first, second grade for about 25 years. And then in 1983 is when I came to Brenham, and um, 
But besides working at, I worked at the hospital. I worked in the dietary. I was uh, assistant director of the food service. I would make the schedule and do whatever else, you know. And when the doctors would have meetings, I would prepare me food, food for them and I so see. forth. And um, at that time, how many sisters were involved in Brenham and that parallel? Um, I think time at that time. At that time, when I first went, there were eight of us mm-hmm. in Brenham. And Brian. And in Brian, I don't know how many there were, but they had a bigger convent than we did. But there was like Sister Gregory, I remember Sister yes. Gregory, Sister right. Raphael, uh, Sister Madonna. And they were all affiliated with the St. Joseph Hospital yeah. here mm-hmm. here in Bryan. Yeah. So, but they always... They always invited us for things, so we, we did a lot of things together. Okay. Yeah. And then also when I was at uh, in the at uh, St. Jude Hospital, I also got myself involved in the church. So I was a lector, Eucharistic minister, and then I taught second grade uh, communion. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, then we merged, and I still continued to do that. And then um, uh, one day the pastor said to me, he said, Sister, would you like to come and uh, do adult education? Oh, I said, I'd love to do that. So then I went over to the church, left the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I was also, see, I did go to St. Jude and to Trinity so I think I was at 20, maybe a year or so. Okay, so I go over there, and that's what I did for a couple of years. And then got a new pastor. And then um, the um, pastor says to me one day, he said, Sister, would you mind being... Um, director of religious education, teach uh, director for... Um, temporarily. Oh, I said, <laughs> I said, yes, Father, temporarily. But see, sometimes you don't know. Temporarily. Well, we're on this becomes, earth temporarily, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And this so, is at St. Mary's Parish in Brenham. St. Mary's mm-hmm. in Brenham. And, <laughs> and I remember saying to somebody, I said, you know, uh, I don't mind doing anything in the church, but I don't want to be director of religious education because it's hard work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yes. A lot of work. Um, but but the temporary became 18 to 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I had said to somebody um, just recently, too, I said, you know, sometimes we tell God we don't want to do something. And before you know it, God is calling you. Interesting. God asks you to do it. So I was just, you know. Great. I want to remind our listeners, if you're just joining us, I'm having a conversation with Sister Kathleen Skog, and we are live on the uh, channel today, and you could call in with a question or a comment if you'd like to by dialing 855-683-7332 for a question with uh, Sister um fascinating life thus far as a franciscan sister mm-hmm. and so this uh temporary 18 job 18 year <laughs> job 
but thank goodness I had a lot of help. I had great catechists. I had a great secretary, really a good secretary. In fact, she kept me on track most of the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I have been blessed with um, all my friends and all my supporters. But I want to say a little bit about our religious community. Um, I did know the foundress. I didn't know her deeply, but I knew who she was. And um, she was very compassionate, very tender person. And, um, you know, she started our community. So she was still living when I came to the community. I came in 54, and she passed away in 64. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we knew of, you know, who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so our community was founded on December 8, 1916. Uh, I think there were 23 sisters. from. They branched off from Rochester, Minnesota, and they came here— um, they came here mainly because the Bishop of Toledo at that time was asking for sisters to come and teach the Polish children. So that was their main reason for coming. And um, so she came here to make sh- uh, to Toledo to make sure that our presence was known. And when our community first began, we were mostly teachers, and then during the pandemic, we got involved in nursing because there was a need. Mm -hmm. And so our community always looks forward to what is the need of the church. And so that's how we got involved in that. Mm -hmm. And the first place that we went to was in Toledo, and it was called, uh, we stayed at, uh, our sister stayed at St. Hedwig's in Toledo. Then we purchased 89 acres of land in Savannah, Ohio. And that's a small town. And uh, at one time, we grew, grew into 522 sisters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that, you know, during my time, we, there were 500 so, and then at that time we had 125 schools because we had schools in Minnesota, uh, in uh, Detroit, Ohio, uh, and then we had 20 hospitals. And some of the hospitals didn't really belong to us, but we minister, ministered there. Yeah. And in fact, I had been at one of the hospitals in Nebraska, Ohio. It's called St. Mary's. Very hot there, just as hot to me as it was (laughs) here in Texas. So again, we were involved in education, healthcare, and some of our sisters were involved in pastoral, pastoral care work, social work, and other ministries. And we really, look forward to reverencing the dignity of each person and respecting the gifts of all creation. Mm -hmm. That is what Francis wanted us to do. Um, And right now, we do the work 
that the church is in need of. Now, we have about 103 sisters. So Total. We, yeah. And um, we are discerning right now in the next couple years if we should invite young people to come. Mm-hmm. For the mere fact is we're all not spring chickens. <laughs> we're all getting a little older. And um, so I think it would be difficult. Uh, this is a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Difficult to ask younger people to come. Unless there would be a whole slew of them that came, like in the 50s. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and our, our mission is, we are called like Francis of Assisi to live the gospel in servanthood among all people, the Sisters of St. Francis of Sylvania, Ohio, as messengers of peace, committing themselves to works that reverence human dignity, embrace the poor, and (laughs) magnalize and respect the gift of all creation. So that is our mission statement. Mm-hmm. You know, I find I never even thought about like when how it was start how the order began like you said in the 1910s yeah. or whatever in my lifetime I, we hear a lot about uh, Mother Teresa and her calling um, mm-hmm. to how that came about you know you just t- I just took it for granted that they've always been here, that kind of yeah. a thing. So well, we, we actually really appreciate on, that. Yeah, we actually branched off from Rochester, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Those are also Franciscans. And that's uh, where 23 of them came. And, right, and so you stayed in Brenham? For 38 years. Yes. And I came to Bryan for two. And uh, But I taught, you know, I've been in Minnesota, Ohio, and Detroit. You know, Michigan, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And so, so um, when you moved to Bryan, I think is when we met. Because yes. um, mm-hmm. Dr. Ann Reed was a volunteer. Yes, over and, at the hospital. Right. And um, well, I said to her, she said, well, we're going to have a script. I don't know how we got talking about scripture. But anyways, talking. well, I said, uh, oh, I'd like to join. But then I was taking communion to the... Um, the manor on Thursday, and she said, we have it on Thursday morning. Oh, I said, that's, well, well, she said, you can go Thursday afternoon and take communion. <laughs> <laughs> she found a way for you. Yeah. Huh? And then <clears throat> at that time, I said to her, um, well, what what are you going to study? And she said, um, God, what was that? The, the timeline. The Bible timeline yeah. by Jeff Cavins. Uh, well, I said to her, I just finished that. <laughs> Well, she said, you can still come again. So then I I did go. And I really, um, it was taught, we were doing it differently than what I had experienced. Because I liked the different, uh, we did a different variety of things. And I really liked that. Right. Well, I, I've been a part of that Bible study for 30 years. Wow. I, when I moved back here uh, from Louisiana, I had a, a two-year-old, and my cousin, Lena May, God rest her soul, kept 
hounding me to start. You need to come to Bible study. You don't have a job. <laughs> what else are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so I started going there uh, by the grace of God, and it was the best thing I've ever done for myself. Mm-hmm. But um, as uh, the time has gone on, uh, when someone in, says, well, tell me about your Bible study. And I said, if you're looking for something that starts straight up, Go straight through with answering the questions or watching the videos and then mm-hmm. kind of a wham bam out of here kind of a thing. This this is not for you because we're fo- we're a community mm-hmm. and we really focus on outreach and ministering and discipleship and evangelization are very, very important. So that's how we now have branched out and you came to us and now we're coming back to you. Yeah. <laughs> So I well I do like that you pray for so many people whoever we feel needs prayer at that time and then I also like uh sending the cards to people that are really um alone and sick and so forth I think those are one two good blessings from that and uh it's just that I think that everybody feels comfortable with each other And another thing I like about it is nobody contradicts anybody. You know, they just let people speak their mind or their heart. I should say their heart more than their mind. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a it's real a real blessing. So shout out to anyone listening that would love to join the Bible Gals. It is hosted at St. Anthony's, but Mm -hmm. we're uh, other parishes uh, attended as well. So and uh, I am just amazed. At how many women attend? Yeah, I don't know what the average is. We average about twenty-two, well, but it could be up to yeah. if everybody came on the same day about yeah. thirty. But uh, as yeah. we and, were, well, it just depends on what's happening in yeah. your life. Also, yeah, exactly. At that time. So uh, through Doctor Ann and conversations, we went through uh, COVID, and mm-hmm. when mass started, so you live in the. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, but it's by the manor. And y'all yes. were ministering at St. Joseph's Manor as well? Yes, yes, we do. Okay. I don't. I hope I didn't jump too fast oh, no, to that no. part of it. No, because uh, <laughs> Anne and, uh, I don't know, uh, Anne and maybe four or five others minister at the manor. So mm-hmm. they each, like uh, Dr. Anne takes Friday, and she minister, takes communion to all the Catholics there. You get a list, mm-hmm. and they give, uh, and then um, I don't know what else you know. Oh, Sandy, mm-hmm. Sandy, Sandy goes there too, um, and then all of those women. I don't even know how <laughs> this started, but I do know that we needed help with wheeling the um, residents into the uh, chapel, and then all of a sudden Carolyn comes, and then Marilyn comes, <laughs> and. Um, and Monsignor Melanowski says, oh, I like Marilyn because she sings. He liked that she was singing the Alleluia and singing the other songs. And, you know, when we first started, off pitch quite a bit. But I think we're getting better. Yes, we you know? are. And the residents just love it. Well, you know. we're uh, going back to, I mentioned my cousin Lena May was a resident there, and I would go and visit her. And a lady popped in and said, do you want to go to Mass? And she said, no, thank you. And I was like, Lena, you don't want to go to Mass? And she said, I do want to go to Mass, but I don't want to be sitting in the chapel for a full hour 
because people don't realize that people can't get there on their own and they yeah. didn't have enough people yeah. to bring them. So I said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll start coming on that day. I'll take you five minutes before, say it, and then you have to wheel everybody back. And mm-hmm. lunch is going on, and mm-hmm. one by one we need, knew that y'all needed help, and we started going to mass on that day and helping out in those ways and and it it just so happened i can't explain how it happens but see that was holy spirit again you know Mm -hmm. because we did need help that was i remember the sister that was there previously said to me that was the hardest thing it because she said the aides are busy the nurses are busy and so she said it was really difficult to get people to help us to get the residents there Mm -hmm. so that has just taken care of itself through the for the scripture class, absolutely. So I, I you know, the the good Lord provides us ways to serve, and it's up mm-hmm. to us to say yes when we're called that way. You know, uh, sister, we we have about eight minutes left of oh, our. Eight uh, <laughs> I okay. told you it was going to go by. Oh, um, I was just going to say, you know, there were times when things were difficult, because here we were when I first came, teenagers, and we were typical teenagers getting in trouble or whatever (laughs) and but we had sisters to lead us into where we are today and even though things were difficult and uh, the most difficult thing for me was (laughs) silence no (laughs) (laughs) if you know me well you can understand why silence because at night we had to be very silent. There was a bell that rang that told you to be quiet. And then, of course, then there was what we called a great silence. And that bell rang at 9 o'clock. You're not supposed to see anything until the next morning. But, and be, lo and behold, I did get caught talking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that was, that was very difficult, mm-hmm. you know, because... Um, some people are introverts, which was, that wasn't difficult for them. But those of us that are introverts, mm-hmm. that, and you know I'm introvert. Extrovert, yes, Extrovert, ma'am. I mean. Yeah. Then, um, then that was difficult. When we got here this morning, Sister Caleb um, kind of posed a question uh, about, you know, you're, you're at a point now, and again, maybe you could speak uh, briefly about y'all's retirement, because I went to your little retirement party for you and Sister yeah. Lois Ann. Well, they, they tell us we retire, but knowing sisters, <laughs> we don't retire. There is always something to do. Exactly. Or, or someone to talk to, or someone to console, or sometimes just to be with them. Yes, it's, it's so, really... Uh, um, so... Uh, Caleb, maybe you can uh, ask her your question again, kind of how you did this morning. Sure. Um, um, when Father Greg Gerhardt was on, he said that something along the lines of, if he were to live 1,000 lives, he would become a priest 1,000 times. Um, and so I know, you know, religious life, there's a lot of sacrifices involved. There's a lot of, you know, great gifts and graces that you're given as well, but you know, if you were to live a thousand lives, would you become a sister 1,000 times? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would because really I have, I feel that I've been blessed, very blessed. Number one is I have lots of friends. I, I just <clears throat> actually, since I retired from Brenham, 
and here, I've had a lot of love poured out to me. I just, and in fact, I said one day to someone in Brenham, I said, you know, I really can't believe how kind everybody is to me. And they said, sister, but that's what you were to us. Exactly. They took the words right out of my mouth. But uh, uh, just makes me almost cry mm-hmm. to realize that people have blessed me and are willing to help me and just be with me and come. You know, lots of people from Brenham come. Monsignor <laughs> says, I notice there are a lot of people coming from Brenham <laughs> to visit you, and we go out to lunch, and we go mm-hmm. shopping and whatever. So I, I really feel I've been very blessed. And also, not only that way, but also health-wise. You know, I have had health issues. You're in the but, midst of them but right somehow now. somehow <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just blessed because... Um, God is taking care of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I I do have um, colon cancer, but I do not have to take chemo. It's called infusion. And uh, I set it out every three weeks. And now it's every six weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't had, knock on wood, I haven't had any side effects. Uh-huh. So Praise God. You know, so God has been, you know, what else can I ask for? Exactly. You know, and then also, well, I right now I'm having a little hip issue, but that's Mr. Arthritis. He has come <laughs> and he doesn't leave. He stays, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the, I, I've been, you know, oh, like well, I said, it, I have been totally blessed. Your, um, your joy as a person and as a sister is, is infectious. And as, as uh, Caleb said, I, I think that sometimes the, we have this image of a priest or a sister um, as it, you know, I'm, my vocation is marriage and uh, yes. having children and things like that. So I think that. Or, uh, or just this perception. image of just this, um, this, life of loneliness or you know quiet suffering alone and that you've given up this big thing by giving up marriage and family and kids and i i just i'm curious to know you know um but i'm not suffering yeah (laughs) i'm not suffering and we have a community of sisters that are very very supportive you know we know each other we love each other we help each other out you know like when I was sick, Sister Lois Ann went sh- grocery shopping for me every week, you know, and uh, Sister Penny came over and asked if I needed anything or whatever, and I got a lot of prayer support from my community, and they were calling me to see how I was doing. I was calling them to let them know. So um, I I haven't suffered. So what, what would you... What would be your maybe words of advice or encouragement to someone um, curious about or considering religious life? First of all, pray about it and then seek help. Go to some religious community and talk to a sister and ask about their experience. Because, you know, I think when I was younger, it was tougher, you know, because you're young and, you know, you want to do what you want to do. I I do know someone who's uh, soon to graduate from high school and 18 and 
mm-hmm. feels the calling very uh, definitively, but says it, you know, I'm scared to death that I am being called. And so, and she is doing well, some of these things. Well, that's the first sign. That's the first sign you're being called because you want to try to hide it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exactly and, right. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. So, and, but we have a wonderful community. And every week I have one sister and she was here for many years, Sister Anne Marie and I are very good friends because we're in the same group. And I knew Sister Gretchen real well because we were in the same group. Oh, she was so, she and was then, just I don't a know force. if you know, if if you knew Sister Cecile. No, no uh, but Sister she was Rita here Jane, for a long time. I did know her as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, and then there was Sister Ines, Sister Madonna, Sister St. Anthony. Yes, you would have known Sister. know her very well. I was and, blessed. And she was always, always thanking the people at the hospital for the service they did. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and Wonderful. we do continue to thank you, Sister. Um, as I told you, our time just whizzed by. We yeah. have just a few minutes. Yeah. So I want to thank you for your service uh, to every aspect of all across this United States. But what a blessing to have had you serve over in Brenham. I was a youth minister during that time and got to know oh, you. Mm-hmm. I remember that as well. And uh, well, just so grateful that you've come to be with us today. Okay, thank you. You Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. Stick with us. We'll be back in two minutes. How was it? All this I can. 